Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello and welcome. Today we're going to talk about, what are we talking about today? Oh, the fear of success. Yes. (laughs) But before we do that, we're going to talk about our creative weeks. So, Joy, what did you do? Well, I got to go and hang out with you. (laughs) So we got to do a creative collab situation at our alma mater. And it was so much fun and totally filled my creative well. So, Mm -hmm. yay. That is so wonderful. I'm so glad you came. And not only did she do the book signing and do the reading and all of that, but she also came to support me in my day job. And uh, I was hosting an event that brought together alums and prospective students. And she supported me by being an alum who spoke to prospective students. I'm thankful, thankful, thankful. It was the first one of these events. It went pretty well. (laughs) I've uh, analyzed some things that could go better, and we'll see how it all goes next year. But um, thank you for your support and all of the things, writing and and everything else that I do. And uh, yeah, it was was so much fun. Yes, (laughs) yes, so much fun, and so um, I think what I love about it is just the memory lane thing that you get to do because you know that's where my husband and I met that's where we met you met your husband Mm -hmm. there like it's you know it's kind of like going home literally um yeah so it's more than just your typical homecoming and it's fun to take the kids to it and all of that too so yeah yay Mm -hmm. we had a great time (laughs) we did it was fantastic And I guess that's kind of my creative week as well, because there was a lot of um, preparation and stuff for that um, throughout the week, setting up everything, getting the book signings all aligned, um, author happies and book readings and poetry readings and all that stuff. So, and I also put together like the little goodies that we gave away at the, at the readings event and it had I'm just going to talk about it because I'm really proud of this it had like like a reusable silicone uh, tea bag in there and like some chocolates and I made a bookmark um, that said like continue your story and it had the name of our college on it and everything and um, like the degree programs and it was just like a little happy bag that was just a thank you for coming for all of that stuff but I just thought it was really cute with the tea bag and the bookmark and stuff I was like this it's a poetry reading giveaway. Like it feels very literary. <laughs> so it's perfect. Absolutely perfect. And everything looked amazing and it was all fantastic. You did such a great job pulling everything together and planning everything. And so yay. It's been fun hearing you talk about planning it and then to get to see it all come together is like 
just perfect. So all of that sounds very cheerful and celebratory and all of that. And normally our creative weeks tend to lean toward our topic. This week, however, that is not how it all went. Our transition is actually a contradictory situation. (laughs) True. (laughs) We just wanted to cheer you guys up a little bit before we, you know. But hopefully we're going to cheer y'all up again by the time we get to the end of this. Yes. Yes, I think so. And I think, too, that there might be, like, some light bulbs that go off in this. And it's like, oh, that's what I'm afraid of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, because who thinks, well, actually, we might not have had the perfect the perfect transition because it seems like fear of success, like the the word fear and success seem to contradictory altogether, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's our topic today. As humans, we face down fears every single day. So some are really small, like the fear of creepy crawlies <laughs> that, um, you know, the fear of creepy crawlies that we push aside in order to exterminate said creepy crawlies from our home. Um, other fears are pretty huge, though. And honestly, they can be paralyzing to our emotions and our creativity and our productivity. So these are big fears, like the fear of the unknown, the fear of failure, the fear of being called on in class, which was, I don't know, it was a, it was a thing for me. It was a true thing for me. It's like I wanted to be called on and I wanted to say the right things, but also I feared it. Yeah. And um, because what if I didn't say the right things? <laughs> so, and then of course, like fear of spiders and lizards and all those snakes and things like that. But um, the big one, the big one that we're going to focus on today is the fear of success. Yeah. And that last fear that May mentioned may not be one that you often hear on like a list of fears, you know, Um, but we have a sneaking suspicion. It might be one that resonates with you because it's a fear that we've both battled in our creative lives. The fear of success can cripple a creative. It can render us incapable of producing creative works. It can trick us into not even trying. It can stifle our voice and convince us of every misbelief in the book that keeps us from reaching our full potential as creative entrepreneurs. Ask us how we know. (laughs) Okay, we've been there. We're there, right? So this episode comes to you from our experiences and struggles. Now, we do not claim to no longer deal with this fear. And honestly, I've been in an epic titan-like clash with this fear and several others over the past couple of months. So this isn't something that's like in my distant past that I've conquered. That's not that's not how we're coming to you today. Mm-hmm. Um, what we can bring to you, though, and to ourselves, honestly, is a candid chat about what this monster fear is, how and why it's manifested in our lives, and a few of the ways that we can defend against it and even attack it. Mm. And we've talked about using the topic for an episode since season one. So this has been a really long time coming. Yeah. It's uh, also three extra years in the preparation. <laughs> I think <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. And so we have gotten really, really candid the last couple of episodes. And so, you know, here we are again, vulnerable and on display for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when we, finally put our fear of success into an episode planner for the season, we began talking seriously about like how to approach it and what we can add to the conversation. And this is not something that I hear a lot about in conversation, but um, it's not, you know, it's not the first time mm-hmm. that it's come up in the creative 
world. Um, but it is not, it's not prevalent for sure. And, but anytime that we, we come up with something as for a topic, we want to make sure that we are adding to instead of repeating. What we realized was we've been building a foundation for ourselves and for you to better approach this fear. So in the last episode, we talked about the vital role, creative trust, which is our trust in ourselves and our work, how that plays in our ability to produce creative works. A few episodes ago, we shared our take on fundamental standards, which are an author's influences, core worldviews, convictions, and faith by which he makes daily professional decisions. As we worked out our approach to this topic of fear success, we realized that trust links to fundamental standards in a way that prepares us to combat this fear and other types of fears. And we like to put these concepts into equations. We don't really like math, but we love equations. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird, weird dynamic. (laughs) Very, very strange. But, you know, we own it. So... (laughs) So here is an equation that we came up with to kind of help you remember this whole situation. So trust plus fundamental standards equals knowledge of what compromises, next steps, approaches, or just plain actions are wise and appropriate for our creative business. Yeah. So nurturing our creative trust and constantly revisiting and reevaluating and renovating when necessary our fundamental standards allows us to stand tall in the face of something like fear of success. Mm -hmm. So before we dive deeper into this topic, we encourage you to check out those episodes on creative trust and fundamental standards, and we're going to link to those in the show notes for you. So if you haven't listened to those already, it might be helpful. I mean, you don't have to stop Mm -hmm. and pause this and go back and listen before you can listen, but it just might be helpful to listen to those at some point. Yeah, they're standalone episodes, but they do build on each other if you wanted them to. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) So what is the fear of success? Honestly, it's mostly self-explanatory, but it occurs when the thought of succeeding at something like a personal goal or a work achievement, a creative endeavor, a business venture, those kind of things, uh, when those kind of things terrify us to the point where we can no longer work toward whatever the goal or the achievement or the endeavor or the venture is. Yeah. All right. So now that we're kind of all on the same page, because you know how we are, we like our 40 <laughs> definitions and we like to make sure that we're explaining exactly what we mean by the words that we say. So mm-hmm. now that we're all on the, pa- on the same page with what we're discussing, May and I want to get personal and real with you <clears throat> as we each share a few of the ways fear of success has manifested in our creative lives. So just a quick little background for me. When I first recognized this fear in my creative life, it was back at what I call my first go at becoming an author. (laughs) In 2010, we moved from North Carolina to Louisiana. My husband had completed grad school, or well, he was just completing it. And grad school, his grad school was for me a miserable experience for Mm -hmm. lots of reasons that I won't go into. But how it ended was it put us into a lot of debt. Um, I had both of our kids while we were there, and we were far away from any family, and I also struggled in my transition to motherhood. 
um, pretty, pretty big time. Um, so the move to Louisiana, though, didn't feel a whole lot better at first. <laughs> we lived with my in-laws for seven and a half months, which I am beyond thankful for because we needed that in order to shovel our way out of debt and to figure out what our next steps were. Plus, my in-laws are just thinking amazing. But <laughs> if you've ever attempted to live with anyone else, especially when you've got kids, you know it's not an easy thing, no matter how incredible everyone involved is. So that was actually my time when I began putting words on paper and researching publishing companies and query letters and all the things. I also freelanced with a local magazine during that time, in addition to some other virtual freelance writing gigs that I had. And I was kind of in my element and finally starting to feel like me again since mm -hmm. the really for the first time since having our first child. So then fear of success hit me like a trank dart in 2011. And I walked away from my dream until just before May and I reconnected in 2016. So something interesting happened though. When I named my fear, I poked at it until I figured out why I felt the way I did. Why was I afraid of success? Because that just really sounds ludicrous, honestly. <clears throat> and so for me, I kind of came up with two main reasons. The first was a fear of losing my standards or compromising if I became successful. Like, would I give up on those things? Um, and so one part of that was letting fame kind of go to my head. Um, would I prefer the whole author thing to being a wife and a mom? You know, mm -hmm. would I end up putting that ahead of these things that are definitely more important? Um, also, a big part of it was, would I compromise my values or my vision for a publisher? Which, mm -hmm. you know, fast forward, I'm an indie author, so I don't have to worry about that because <laughs> I am the publisher. <laughs> but it was a concern. You didn't know that at the time. No, <laughs> at the time, I didn't realize how um, possible and amazing the whole indie publishing world was. So I was only looking for traditional publishers, and it was a big concern for me. So that was one of the things, one of the reasons for this fear just kind of gripping me and holding me down. And the second was a fear of disappointment after success. Um, you know, I think we all face this where after something huge and long awaited, like an event or a holiday or a something, there's always the letdown. And I was kind of terrified that because this was my lifelong dream to see my name on a book cover. Um, I felt like for such a huge dream, man, the letdown is going to be pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there was that. Um, and with that also came the fear of letting others down with books two through whatever, you know, if the first one really did bring the success and all of that. And so that's kind of where my mind was at that point in my life. So, so yeah. what about you, May? <laughs> okay fine um <laughs> i know right this is this is hard y'all this so is a hard one guys be kind that's to us really folks that's really hard <laughs> folks um well well as joyce said um, i've also struggled with this type of fear i also did not know the name of it uh, whenever i uh, started seeing the symptoms actually so it showed itself as procrastination as laziness as um uh, a lack of self-esteem even or confidence in myself. Um, so 
One of the big ways that fear of success has kind of shown itself in my life is that I was kind of scared of being discovered that I'm incompetent. And this... This leads to imposter syndrome. So if you, you know, sometimes imposter syndrome can can show itself in so many ways and and it attaches to other things that we're afraid of or that we're, you know, we're just, you know, hesitant about in our lives. And so for this, it attached itself to the fear of success. And so I am fearful of having something that is great, like a poetry book (laughs) out into the world. And, And then maybe in an interview or in a conversation with somebody who I really respect or something like that, um, being found incompetent and uh, ashamed of the fact that I'm in that conversation at all. So (laughs) does that make any sense? It absolutely does. I completely understand that. I mean, it's, it's like, I don't know. There's a part and Okay, I feel this way about being an adult too, and I don't know if this makes sense or not, but it's like it's like every now and then I have this moment where I just look around and I'm like, do people realize that I'm I'm a mother and I'm in charge and I'm supposed to keep these creatures alive and stuff? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, I don't think I'm capable of that. I feel the same <laughs> way. And and in some ways I have come to grips with that, but in other ways I haven't. Um, so like, I know that being an adult is iterative and like adult and childhood is, is more of a circular situation than a straight line. You know, you're not going to start out as a baby and then end up as an adult mentally or, um, spiritually or any of those other, yeah, the inner, the inner person is not going to necessarily, now our biological person is because we, we age chronologically and it is a straight line, but all along there, you have these little circles where you kind of revert back to being a child and then you revert back to being an adult when you have to be, and then you go outside and you play in the mud and then, you know, like (laughs) there are, um, and, and that I think is the beautiful part of life that you don't have to be like straight laced and stiff backed and, and stuff just because you are now this particular age or this particular, um, adulthood level or whatever it is. And, and that has become a beautiful part of my life. Right. So, um, so example today, <laughs> example today, I'm at like, you know, big girl job And I went to the cafeteria and wowie, did they have a dreamsicle push pop in the dessert section. I know, right? So good. Those are the best, man. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm carrying my to-go from the cafeteria um, back to my office because more work to do always. And on the way back, I open up my dreamsicle push pop and I'm like thoroughly enjoying the sucker, right? That's a very, you know, one could consider that a childish thing to do. And then I am in charge of, of like actual people. Like I am the boss, which is so weird, right? And one of my employees drove her car right by, like right by me walking down and I'm walking down the sidewalk, like look at my popsicle. (laughs) And I suddenly became ashamed that I was enjoying this popsicle and this person like saw me enjoying this, this, you know, this push pop. And why is that? Like, you know, because I feel like I had done something that kind of removed me from a competency level that I would like to be at or authoritative level that I would like to be at. Right. So imposter syndrome. Yeah. 
people who don't have imposter syndrome might be fine with going back into that office and being like, you know, haha, this is a really great popsicle. Oh, yeah. Okay, now you do your work. <laughs> but um, for people who do have imposter syndrome, that might also kind of show itself and, you know, that imposter syndrome might show itself in the fact that you do not feel as if you can lead that particular person who saw you lapping up a popsicle <laughs> <laughs> in uh, very productive, credible ways. So, um this is this is something that I fight quite a bit in, in the whole idea of the success part of it for this is like, can I continue to live up to the success and keep my my other priorities intact, uh, keep my reputation intact and keep my family at a level on, on my keep good boundaries. And so my family feel feels loved and my work feels like it is um, doing well and that I'm doing all of the things that I'm doing to the glory of the Lord because that's like my ultimate goal right so but imposter syndrome is like mm, mm, you didn't do it. no look you're gonna talk to your your mentor and they're gonna know they're gonna know that you hate William Faulkner <laughs> you're gonna know that Ernest Hemingway is not your jam <laughs> Is out on the airwaves now, y'all. <laughs> yeah, honestly, guys. I mean, really, really respect all of the things that they did for culture and for literacy and and, and literary the literary world everywhere. However, <laughs> am I gonna pick Islands of the Stream as my leisure reading? Hang on. <laughs> And it's not because it's not a great book. It's because it's so daggum sad. But I think I've gotten off on a tangent. Um, there's another situation. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like, I feel like I'm going to trip up. There you go. There's some May struggles, but potentially links to, to fear of success. Yeah, for sure. So, so, and here's a little, another little piece of, of insight. I do not feel like I have it all together. <laughs> Um, like right now as like an undiscovered success, I do not feel <laughs> as if I have it all together. So adding more feels overwhelming when I think about it, which sometimes overtakes the dream of success and recognition and just leaves the fear. So, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And I think that many people struggle with that. And I mean, yeah, because it's just so much already. Like, and then if you think about adding on, if you were, because, you know, of course, we, we always think about the big picture. You know, we always think about the big dream. Like, you want to be um, New York Times bestselling author who every reader and every book club knows. Yes, that's the dream. Okay. Honestly for an author, that's what you want. But when you think about that, it's extremely overwhelming. Like, I don't know that I really want every book club in the world to know my name and be like, you know, <laughs> picking apart every scene in my books. <laughs> well, it just depends on how they want to express it. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. So yeah, I mean, that's definitely, definitely something um, that I 
think a lot of people struggle with. And thank you for sharing your struggles with us because, you know, it's not easy to be vulnerable. But here's the thing. Out of our vulnerability comes the opportunity to grow. And I think I think I speak for both of us that we grow by sharing things like this. Um, and we hope that you do, too. Um, mm-hmm. So that's always been a motivating factor of why we call these candid chats about our creative lives Um, because we want to be honest and we want it to feel like a conversation um, between two friends because that's what we are and that are just getting you know to the nitty-gritty of things so now that we've given you oh go ahead no it's okay I just wanted to say like the growth comes in the reflection and the retrospection and and like you said in your in your portion, when you were talking about your success, like naming things, bringing things into the light and saying, this is the situation. This is the truth, the mm-hmm. true story of what's going on here. And once you name it and identify it, then you can start saying, you know what, this is, this is not as bad as I thought it was, mm-hmm. or this is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> So, and that's when you can start, you know, thinking about these, these different ways to address the the Mm -hmm. situation that you're in. Yeah. And that actually brings us perfectly to what we're about to talk about now, because now that we've given you some personal examples, how can we combat this monster fear that we've got going on here? Well, it's a big one. It is. It's a big one. (laughs) We've got a few tools that have worked for us. Um, And so May, will you share yours first? Yeah, so I guess the first one that I try to do whenever these things kind of start overwhelming me is to pull back from where I am and look at the big picture of things. And it's not necessarily like, um, okay, I'm writing this paragraph or, or I'm you know, working on this piece of art, this tiny piece of art or something like that. It's a, and you pull back to like your art room or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like bigger picture than that. Um, bigger picture in that you want to look around what's happening in your family. You want to look around at what's happening in your state. Um, what's happening in your spiritual life. What's happening in, um, in other people's spiritual life all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, emotion, you know, like you're pulling back and you start, you're starting to look at other people and not just at yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I mean by big picture, because when you start seeing other people and you start, uh, you know, caring about other people and looking outside of yourself, then then, then the overwhelming feelings that we have are kind of are able to be um, identified and then help. Um, whenever I'm closed up and I'm only seeing my own struggles and my own feelings and, and my own, um, my own issues, then it's so easy to be blinded by all of, all of that darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start pulling back and seeing the big people picture, I'm sorry. And so when you start pulling back and seeing the big picture, then light can come in and you can really, you can, you can find the truth in all of that. So that's one thing that I do. And then another thing, and I was talking to my kid even about this just a couple of days ago. Um, and he made a really big decision in his life, but he didn't really know what to do about it. 
and um, on, on, a, on a larger level. So he was actually overwhelmed by the big picture, <laughs> if that makes any <laughs> sense. And so, um, so what I was talking to him about was like, you know, sometimes when I don't know what to do, and this has happened a lot, especially since I've moved from, you know, one career to another um, in, in my day job, is that most of the time, I don't know how to fulfill the big picture. But there is something that Emily Freeman taught me, and this was the Next Right Thing podcast and also her book called The Next Right Thing. And um, <laughs> but that's exactly what what she introduced me to was the fact that, I, you know, I can't I can't look into the future and, you know, just by willpower, make this big picture come to be. But what I can do is look at the decisions that are immediately in front of me and hold those decisions up to my fundamental standards and trust in myself creatively and also just trust in, in all of the things that have always held true in, in, all, in my life. And um, and then make the decision the decision based upon what I think is the next right thing to do. And so that's so funny that I was talking to Clay about that. <laughs> so the next right thing, guys. I love that. It's just, I think sometimes like simple little words, like three or four words together just are so powerful. <clears throat> Something like that. So I think for me, the two biggest things that help when I feel paralyzed by this fear are to reflect on my reason why. And mm -hmm. um, I know that we've talked about this a number of times over our three seasons together, um, but your reason why is just simply the why you're doing what you're doing. Whatever your creative endeavor is, whatever your thing is, why are you doing it? So mm -hmm. for example, mine, and I have it like right there above my computer, but um, I write from my heart to tell tales of the soul in order to inspire people of all ages and leave a literary legacy for my family and for generations of readers to come. So that's my reason why. So when I'm paralyzed, I can go back to that. I can read it over. I can think about each phrase. I can think about why I wrote it the way that I did. Why is this phrase in here? This is my who, what, where, when, why, how, and so what of my creative <laughs> business. So I can ask myself a few questions. I can ask, is this still true? Do I still believe it? Am I living it? And how does this reason influence my future? Um, or, you know, I can make it even more specific to, okay, how I'm feeling in that moment of, you know, what is it that I'm afraid of? Like what, what mm -hmm. specific success am I worried about or or it may not be success it may be some other kind of fear at this point I can use this too at that point um and just ask myself those questions and go back to that and then very closely related the second thing is to review my fundamental standards so this is a quick reminder from what May said earlier. So fundamental standards are an author influencer's core worldviews, convictions, and faith by which he makes daily professional decisions. So that's just what your fundamental standards are. And you can do the exact same thing with these that I do with my reason why. Ask yourself, are these still true? Do I still hold to them? Do I need to revise or add to them or tweak them in some sort of way? Because that's something that we talked about, too, in that episode, that sometimes we need to kind of go back to those and, and work on them a little bit. 
Um, and then once again, how do they, how do my fundamental standards speak to this particular fear? Um, mm-hmm. And so just kind of asking those questions and giving honest answers. Yeah. And also, if the answer to the question of are they still true is no, there is no shame in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that knowing that you are adaptable and that you are fluid and that you are not stone or granite or anything like that, you know, like it's okay if you want to move on and try something else, either a new medium or, you know, a new, a new focus that is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and also even if the answer is no right now, it might not be no a month from now or two months from now or two years from now. You can always come back to art. Mm-hmm. It never, it never like ostracizes you. You can, it welcomes you back with open arms every single time. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, and also I just wanted to expand a little bit on like how, on the question of how they speak to the sphere. Mm-hmm. I love this question because it goes right back to the whole, like the way that I look at fear and like my theory of fear mm-hmm. and you know, you hold up your, your, the situation that you're in and does it, you know, which one of the people that you are or the person that you want to be, like, which one does that edify? Is it the person who is farther away from your goal or, or this, you know, the scared person who is, you know, cowering in the corner? That's me a lot. So, like... And then you have the ideal, right? You have your why and you have your fundamental standards and you have the ideal um, person that you want to be. And you have those two people and then the decision that's in front of you and you just like, which one does it edify? And if it is the person who you want to be, then um, you know that your fear can be tamed a bit. And then if it's the the other person, then you know that you need to kind of work with that fear to move and make a decision to go toward the person who you, you know, who you want to be, the person that you're, you're striving to be also. Yeah. So there's a whole episode on that. I think it's like episode five or something from season one. It was a long time ago. It was (laughs) a long time ago. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well. So y'all have a few episodes to go back to. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not specific to the fear of success, but it is specific to fear and like how I kind of have managed it being born a fearful creature. So (laughs) there's that. Well, is there anything else that we need to say about the fear of success? I think that's pretty much it. Okay, so this is an ongoing conversation. As Joy said in the beginning, we have not mastered this. <laughs> this is this is probably something that we'll be discussing later on as well as we grow and we learn more about uh, this particular aspect of our lives. Um, but for now, we hope that this episode has encouraged you to move past the fear in your life. And to help you do that, we have... Dun, 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 a quitty challenge. And <laughs> <laughs> so today we are going to challenge you. Well, actually, we're going to challenge you over the next couple of weeks to consider what might be hindering your forward movement. Could it be fear that's keeping you stifled? Um, what is the source of that fear if it is fear? Um, 
if it happens to be the fear of success, we challenge you to consider what is it about success that scares you? So do you have like the imposter syndrome reason for the fear of success like me? Or maybe you're you're concerned about potentially losing yourself and like being um being separated from your values. Well, we challenge you to consider what it is about success that scares you. Whatever it is. And once you know what that fear is, then consider if one of these tools that we've shared with you today can help you overcome it. As always, we'd love to know what you've discovered about yourself and how you can grow through this challenge. Just drop us a line at QWERTYWritingLife at gmail.com, and we would love to continue this conversation with you. This one was a hard one. It was a really hard one. And so if you are finding like some emotional struggles with this and you need to kind of talk it out and you don't have a person, please feel free to contact us. We would love to help you like figure all of this out. It's difficult. Not to say that it can't be done alone. But it doesn't have to be. Yeah, definitely. So we hope that this has been helpful and that you guys have a great week. Yeah. And go make something. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.